Welcome to Horns Up. I'm Animesh. And I'm Peter. And today we are chatting with Knight, a band from the San Francisco Bay Area who seem ready to take the metal world by storm with their second and new album, Voices of the Cronian Moon. Gentlemen, before we dive in, can I ask you guys to introduce yourselves to our listeners because it's only audio and no one will know whose voice is whose. Of course, yeah. So I'm going to go first. Uh, my name is Van, and I am the singer and guitar player for the band Night. Hi, uh, my name is Scott, and I am uh, the guitar player, the other guitar player in Night. Van and Scott, thank you guys so much for taking some time out and joining us. Congratulations on the album Voices of the Cronian Moon released today, 25th March 2022. How are you guys feeling? Relieved? Anxious? Glad to get it all over with? <laughs> Scott, would you, would you like to go first? Yeah, um, um, yeah for me, uh, some of those things that you just said, uh, yeah, excited is probably the main thing. Um, relieved sort of in the sense of like, this has been, you know, it's a classic thing all bands say, this has been done for a while for us, or at least mo- you know, mostly done. Um, so it's just, we've been eager to get it out and just, you know, have to wait for the proper you know, the vinyl production and all the other things and the, 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 the release schedule and so forth. So um, to finally have it be out and everyone to hear it is is great. It's relief and it's exciting. Yeah, same thing for me. Like um, this, this has been, uh, this is ready for quite a, a while. You know, there were some holdups with uh, with the vinyl production uh, throughout the, the, the industry. So yeah, we've been waiting for uh, for a while to um, get this thing out. And uh, for me personally, what I'm most excited about is number one, I really want to get a hold of the vinyl in my <laughs> in my in my hands. I still haven't haven't gotten one, and I've seen some some people have of the have have uh, gotten their uh, orders in already, but I haven't seen it yet. So <laughs> I really want to want to wow. get it. What a and, year we um, live in, huh? That the customers yeah, yeah. get it before the actual band. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, that and the, the thing that I'm that, that I'm looking forward the most is that um, this this thing that happens with every album that uh, we put out is that the songs kind of change when uh, when the audience gets uh, becomes part of, of this. Uh, I don't know how to explain this exactly, but it's something that I've experienced like with every album that I have worked on. So it's this this thing like I want to I want to uh, stop experiencing the songs the way we do in our practice room like or in our desktop folder you know with the with the with the, with the mixes you know and I want to I want to hear what 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 the audience likes what they don't like what they how they interpret the, the album and, and the lyrics and all that so this is the most fun for me now, considering what you just said, right, I'm very curious and I have to know, uh, how many times have you actually heard the entire album before releases? And if you want, you can specify the number of mixes if you'd like. But another part that I really want to know is, should the audience have a way to listen to the album? I mean, just to give you an example, I listen to it on these headphones on my phone or on my laptop. That's it. Like, I don't have like a hi-fi uh audio system and stuff like that and like do you want them to have the vinyl in their hand looking over the artwork or is it okay if they're putting on in the background and occasionally like washing dishes <laughs> look uh to, to, the truth is that no matter what we say right now <laughs> nobody will give a fuck you know what i mean <laughs> so the people are gonna do what they're gonna do anyway so uh, I can tell you that um, I, I actually uh, happen to have mixed this this album, uh, and so I uh, I've went through many uh, maddening hours of like listening and uh, fixing and adjusting and editing and all that stuff. Uh, but at the end of the day, for me, uh, the album matters the most when I put on my little headphones and I go out for a for a for a walk, you know, or I put it in the car and I drive to work. So. I have really nice speakers here, but who cares? You know what I mean? Like uh, as long as, as long as it sounds good from a tiny laptop speaker or a, or a crappy car a car stereo, that's the most important thing. Even for me, that I have access to really nice studio speakers. You know, Scott, how many times have you heard the album? Well, Van, as he said, since he did, you know, the he did the mixing, he did everything, uh, you know, the audio. Um, 
he's probably heard it at least 10 times more than the other three members of night. So he kind of bore that burden for us. But um, uh, so I, I can't really say how many I have, but it's, it's far fewer. But to your point about the like listening, um, I don't have any good audio setup. You know, I don't have a record player. I don't have, I have like okay speakers that I rarely use. So it's, yes, yeah, it's like it's the kitchen washing dishes. It's the, <laughs> it's the car and the way to work. And that's great. I mean, that's however I can fit in listening time. Uh, you know, I hope other people get the same, you know, ex- you know, when, wherever they can fit the night album in is, is cool by us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the reason why I asked that question is because of how excited I personally am about this album. Like I'm really looking forward to it. I haven't heard the whole thing yet. Um, only heard the single so far and I will be listening to it eventually this weekend, etc. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, are you, are you guys perfectionists? Do you think you guys are perfectionists and how happy are you yourselves with the album? And I'll, I'll tell you where I'm coming from on that. Uh, having been on a couple of albums or EPs, etc., myself, there's always these parts when, like, you know, when you're listening back to it eventually, like months down the line or something, or even during the time of release, where it'll probably have all of you chuckling because you know what happened in the studio when you recorded or wrote it, and none of the listeners do. Or on the flip side, parts that will have you nodding your head in disapproval thinking it should have been the other way and we didn't quite get it right but nobody really nobody really notices or nobody really cares because overall it's just awesome to listen to um speaking for for myself i'm i'm definitely a, a perfectionist to uh, default like it's been something that i'm trying to work on <laughs> trying try, trying to let go of things uh, eventually but um we did uh work on this album as much as we wanted to and we we could have done it earlier but uh, it was a conscious choice that I mean uh, we were not happy with where we were, and we took a few a few months longer to finish the album. So uh, the thing with with albums is that that was the best we were, um, you know, like almost a year ago. So um, you know, time waits for no one, you know. And uh, right yeah. now we're at a much a much different place than the place we were last year. So that will never change even if i mean with that album i can honestly say that we exhausted all um things that we wanted to fix and we wanted to re-record and all that stuff but still right now we're we're at a different place i am i am very happy with the album i'm very i'm very proud of it uh, and i'm um i i love the songs and you know I'm very proud of all of all the guys and of us as a unit. So I'm very happy with it. Yeah, and to state probably you know the obvious thing that all the that all the bands say that are saying now that are releasing an album now is that you know this was recorded under conditions of of the pandemic and and we were pretty careful for quite you know we still are but we we you know before there were vaccines and things we weren't we weren't rehearsing together we weren't seeing each other it was all Zoom calls and things like this so it was a pretty interesting and weird way to to come you know arrive at an album uh so that's not really speaking to the quality but i'm just talking about how it was a bizarre experience you know it wasn't we were able to like workshop we did a lot of you know rehearsing up to it and then when the world shut down you know we kind of had to carry on in a, in a peculiar way so um it'd be interesting you know knock on wood if the if things stay a little calmer like they are now to, to go into the next phase and actually be collaborating in real time like in, in the same room more often uh, yeah i'm pretty sure like once things go normal you'd have like the band whatsapp group like crickets going through like not no chat because you're like <laughs> tired <laughs> about that right but uh I, m- I must know i mean like what are your expectations from the album uh, at this point? Um, well, expectations from the album, like um, you know, we are we're we're going into this, you know, with a cautious optimism, optimism, right? Uh, we don't really um, we know that because of season of of mist, we're gonna, we're, we're getting a lot more attention than than we did on the first album. Um, I wanna 
believe that good music is gonna make its way to people's uh, hearts you know what i mean <laughs> i wanna i wanna believe in the in, in the fairy tale that as long as we do great music it's gonna work for for itself but um on the other hand you know um uh, we're we're all in this for a long time and i know that i've done like some really great albums that had not that great promotion behind them and not so many people heard them at the end of the day um to me uh, as long as we can have a, a, a successful album cycle and uh, nothing terrible happens you know uh and we can go into into the next one that's all i can hope for um so maybe something happens maybe something something happens i mean something that takes us from from the level we are now to the, to the next one but even if we even if we stay where we are and we just gradually grow over time i would be very very happy with that yeah and so many you know so much of this music world is um it's the classic you know hard work and luck and you know we can't we can try to engineer the luck to some degree but so much of that really is just chance and how the wind's blowing and what what you know the, the media is interested in and what the fans are interested in and you just kind of you can't overthink it and you just have to be yourself and like band said hope that kind of by putting out what you think is is quality that it finds the right audience and hopefully you know that sparks something and and sometimes that can grow faster than you would expect which would be great but if uh if we do, you know, the slow, gradual climb, uh, we'll put in the work and, and get there that way. So, you know, actually, the reason why I asked was exactly what you said. I mean, Voices of the Cronian Moon is being released by a larger label, Season of the Mist. And I want to know, like, how has the label kind of helped? I mean, sure, you've got the exposure and PR or the publicity happening. But what are the other aspects of being on a label especially in today's time right uh how does that help i think be, uh, being on uh, for better or for worse like being on, on a label still is the is the way to go in my opinion because there's just so uh, you know like all the um, um not that they're like the, the the gatekeepers but like without promotion like there's nothing nothing can be done like uh you need to put the same thing in front of people's faces like dozens of, of times for, for it to register like and i see it first and foremost from from my family like my family that lives in greece anyway i am playing with, with this band for like five years or something they kind of forget that I am singing in the in this band, <laughs> you know. Even my brother, you know, kinda, you know, you know what I mean. So, <laughs> like, if my my family doesn't know what, what I'm doing, how am I expecting like some some stranger to care about what I'm doing, you know? So, you need this like machine of like PR and uh, and promotion and like blogs, like you know, and podcasts like you guys to uh, get get this thing going out in the in the, in the world. So, uh, I would I would love to experience one day uh, um, a world that doesn't need all that all that system you know maybe um but we are still here and uh season of mist is like the best place we would hope for to be because it's such a like a genuine like underground heavy metal label that became huge because they're doing a, a great job for decades you know and um so that is something that that is happening. But um, to maybe answer uh, uh, the first part of your question, um, what season of mist brought to, to us uh, first and foremost was the expertise of all of all these people who are who are dealing with the with the promotion uh, of this of this album. But also it was it was great that um, being on 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 such a big a big label, we kind of went stiff. We were too scared to do something something different at at the time, and then uh the management of the label was really pushing us like it was like you shouldn't do something that is like yet another album cover do it do do exactly what you want to do so stuff like stuff like that really helped us to take this to the next level for, for us you know to do to do things that we were not ready to do when we were deeper in the underground and i think band covered it very well i i, I would just say the promotion machine and just like van was saying the the size of the label just you know it's it's just it's so much it's such a faster route to so many more eyeballs right it's just you know that platform is there which is amazing and they can push it out and you know 
uh, just so many more people are going to see it. And, uh, you know, they also just, this industry is pretty small. Like you realize over time, you know, you, you know, from the podcast, like it, all these labels, all these, um, media, you know, uh, groups in, in Europe and the U S and around the world, like it's not that huge a world. So it's, it's to be connected to one of the sort of, you know, main labels in that world is a, is a huge benefit. Mm. It's interesting because, uh, before we started this chat, uh, we were talking about how bands need to work extra hard in this day and age of digital media, uh, to really promote and get themselves heard. And on the flip side of it is the, the expectation and the reality and what actually constitutes or how, how you guys would define success, right? So which bring then leads up to the question, what does success mean to you guys at the moment and with this album as such? Success is, yeah, it's uh, relevant to yeah, where we are right now. But um, um, to me, like um, things are going okay as long as we we're able to do the things we want to do. And um, like we uh, we are able to, we were able to do a, a, a first album, put it out there, and then we were able to do a second album. We are now able to go on, on tour next month, um, which is something we wanted to do. And uh, we were able to do a couple of uh, music videos. So um, as long as these are these are happening, everything is is fine. I think that we are in the in our successful phase. Uh, when we stop having the band members we need, <laughs> when we stop having money to do album stuff, that's where things are going down. But um, um yeah success is um i don't know um to me um i don't really want to think about it that way you know like uh i mean whatever comes comes but uh, at the end of the day i know that i have like x amount of years left in this life you know <laughs> i have x amount of, of albums left just want to do those albums you know doesn't it doesn't really matter what 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 happens exactly or if i if i if I'm like 60, 60 in a, on a yacht or a beach in Greece or something, it's going to be fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a good old person I'm, as long as I live. So it doesn't really matter. Like I, what I would like, what I would love us to achieve um, is um, a bigger show. Like that's what we're going for. And every, every, every month it, it gets bigger. Every, every month we make it, we add things to it and we're getting there. But yeah getting the the bigger show is why we do all of those things um and we have and we have some way to go yeah because yeah we're not where we want to end up yeah just getting to do bigger tours and bigger you know just to, to peak at one kind of success I, that's important to me i like touring i like playing live and you know if if things break our way and we get to you know tour more of the us and if we get to tour europe like that you know that's a huge component of what I consider success. So be very eager for that. All right. So let's play a song right here. Which one is the best to introduce the album to a new listener and why? Yeah. Uh, so I would say the, the album opener, uh, Acheron, is like the, the most um, up-to-date, what we're up, up to on this album. I think it's, a, it's the best possible opener. So I, I would say Acheron would be my choice. Yeah, I think that uh, that or uh, the, the the first single, Cronian Moon. Okay, so two votes. So let's because only because it's the album opener. Let's play Acheron right now, and then we can schedule Cronian Moon for later. So here it is. Here is Acheron from Voices of the Cronian Moon. <laughs>
was Akron from Voices of the Cronian Moon by San Francisco's NWO BHM Champions Night. Yes, San Francisco Bay Area, not trash, but NWO BHM. Um, as someone who has never been to the Bay Area, but has only heard the stories and legends of the area's metal cred as such, um, can you help us understand how the area influenced the band's music? Could night, especially with the way you guys sound, could night have taken shape anywhere else? Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I cannot answer that. I want to. I, I want to believe yes. But it's funny that I. I think that the fact that we all four of us ended up here for some reason from different. I mean, uh, I mean, is actually from here, but. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the the other three of us like ended up here. I think has a, a lot to do with the, with the area, and I think it influenced us in a, in a way I don't know similar to what happened in the in the eighties and nineties. At least that's what I what I want to believe because I I personally f fled from LA because I I moved there from uh, from Germany, and it was it was a, a weird a weird place for me, but. Also, LA had a very big role to play in Night. So, because I, I that's where I started doing the first demos before I moved up up here and I met with uh, with the guys. So, I think that happened to Metallica too, right? They were down there and it, and it wasn't working out for them, and they and they moved up here because it's cheaper to, or like it was cheaper. It, now it's not cheaper. <laughs> it's, it's it's quite the opposite, but it's kind of more uh, more more humane here. I don't know. Like uh, LA is such a rat race, and it's like all these like star system people uh, wanting to you know break big in the in the um, in the star system anyway. And it's not a place where I can see any any of us living uh, happily anyway. So I don't know. Like this uh, this area. I mean, right now for for me. I've lived here for five years. Scott is here, Scott is here for much, much longer than that. Um, I love like the the whole free spirit of it. I love how we are like in in nature so so much. It's a tiny place. We're only like eight hundred thousand people in the in the city, with a lot more people, of course, around the the, the Bay Area. It's such a it's such a weird place and such a place of innovation. Like such amazing things have happened here, like from the tech world to like movies like Star Wars and stuff like that, and and ILM and uh, Lucasfilms and all that. I don't know. Like you, it's it's such an it's such an amazing place for me to uh, be able to to live here. And for me, it's also I have a connection with the place uh, from. Uh, Marty Friedman and and Jason Baker. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan, and the fact that all that stuff happened here is such a crazy thing for me. And like so, like they they lived and they were jamming back then, like blocks from from my home. And I'm a little bit of a fanboy with these two, so that's a big a big deal for me. But yeah, I think that I covered what I wanted to say. I think maybe Scott wants to add his own side <laughs> of the story. Um, my my uh thing I was going to add to that is just like, I don't know if I can draw any direct parallels to like the kind of the story, you know, the thrash era and the, the, the you know, the rise of Metallica and Exodus and everyone else and all, all that key stuff that's such, such a part of history here. But even now there's a, there's a really kind of vibrant and, and exciting metal scene here. And um, it's, it's varied in a way that I think maybe some other cities don't have. And, and just, you know, and we almost have two cities because, I mean, you have San Francisco and Oakland and, and of course, San Jose and Sacramento, and it depends on how far you want to go. But between all that, you know, you, you just have a, a pretty great uh, community of, of fans and bands. You've got, you know, you've got Necrod and Vastum and, uh, you know, these exciting death metal bands and you've got, you've got Hellfire and Molten and, you know, it runs, you know, we fit somewhere in, in amongst that, but, but there's still a lot of variety and, um, you know, I guess just speaking about speaking to a the the benefit of having a healthy scene and uh, you know actual clubs to play to play out at. So so that's certainly a factor in, uh, in how we you know made it this far. I just quickly want to say I really love Necrot, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, <laughs> and we had them on the podcast. Oh, Looking nice. forward to their new album. I think which will be out this year, hopefully. Yeah, later this year. Yeah. 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 But coming back, right, uh, to what you were saying, you know, 
another part of it is nwo bhm and honestly on first listen very few would peg knight as americans well i'm i'm laughing here if you <laughs> if you would see my my video yeah, yeah. <laughs> look i mean i i i i don't i don't really consider myself american or non or non american i know that i was that i was born in uh, greece and my family is from greece and i was i grew up there and then i, I left like i don't really like the the flags and labels of that people you know in the governments put on people but um uh there is a um there's a <laughs> that was the a, intention a very... i mean it's like no 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 you peg your bio and like most and i don't know why that is right it should just be hey here check out this new uh classic metal or heavy metal band but it's always tinged with check out this new band from the san francisco area or check out this new band from bombay india and that immediately yeah. <laughs> gives you a like holy shit these guys are from there ah yeah, yeah please yeah, please a... which is actually if you go back right it's very different when you actually got cds or cassettes as promos unless you actually sat to read the uh, notes that came along with it you wouldn't care you just look cool artwork chuck in the cd chuck in the cassette check Good it song. out right yeah you play it out yeah in that terms just like looking at your sound like for someone blindly just listening tonight i i wouldn't peg your listen american and by american i think what we mean is not from the san francisco bay area right right like yeah. so we think of it as a compliment is that yeah like, yeah I think I th- I take I take it as a compliment to be honest with you like for me personally I come from Europe right so uh for me heavy metal is a much different story um not a, not not a, not on Scott or Pat I think we're we're on, we're on the same page there but like for the average American heavy metal person like I think we have different um like there are many things that are considered metal here that to me are alternative music uh and uh, there are things that are that I that, that I consider the essence of heavy metal that are funny to people here <laughs> you know so um for me like heavy metal is uh iron maiden uh metallica megadeth which are american american bands of course uh but also like gamma ray and raids and blind guardian and uh, all these like european bands that I that I grew up on that are like um also sabotages which are also from from uh, from 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 the US but like um i don't know maybe it's a different era of heavy metal that 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 was like the mainstream uh, of of the heavy metal bands but i definitely come from that uh time and um i have to say that i that i live in the in the 80s and 90s by by the fact that i don't that i listen to to the same albums like again and again like thousands of times I, i of course listen to new albums and stuff but like i am that dude with the with the you know 100 cd's that i listen to them over and over again so yeah me personally uh, i come from a different place in in time and you know obviously i'm american and uh, grew up with a lot of american metal but i connected for myself i connected really strongly in the early to mid 90s when i was really kind of coming of age into into my metalness and um with like uh the crop of like century media bands and and relapse bands and and uh, so forth at the time like uh, amorphous and paradise lost and sentenced and all this kind of like melodic death metal melodic heavy tiamat you know etc and that made a huge impact on me and i think kind of changed whatever course i was on to kind of shift it more that way while you know i still worship megadeth and and so forth but um i think my sensibility got imprinted strongly with like a european flair so uh so i take that as a compliment too that <laughs> that you hear yeah. uh more of a euro sound in in the night sound okay uh now again i think van you've brought this up before and things got also that you are also in other bands right uh what was the original plan for night when you got together was it going to be a side project or you all said you know what, we're going to treat this as one of the our main bands itself uh for me personally i mean i am theoretically in other in other bands that uh have not uh, disbanded but uh they're not really active right now so uh i also moved from uh, europe to the us in 2015 so um i kind of had to start again um 
you know uh so for me uh, i don't do anything else other other than than night right now so i have also used to be because i'm a i'm a i'm an engineer slash a producer too i used to be involved in many different things in some some capacity uh lately i'm not even doing that like i want to be focused on this thing um and only only work on that for the next year for the last five years and for, for the for the near future so for me it's the main thing and yeah it will hopefully stay that that way yeah and for me i mean i'm you know been in uh the live lineup of high spirits for quite a while now uh since since 2009 or so but uh that's a peculiar setup because high spirits is, is all chris black on record he plays everything so we've had essentially the same lineup for live shows that you know this whole time but uh it doesn't require a whole lot it's not a creative thing it's more of a fun you know you go out you play shows and you have a great time um so it doesn't demand year-round attention from me it's more like hey we're gonna do you know around a show so you just kind of get get in playing shape and you do it and it's great um so i would say night is you know my focus as far as a you know a real uh, you know four four guys playing in a band that that's the that's the main thing and other things that i've been involved with before like Dawnbringer, those have been basically retired like uh, Chris Black kind of put those to rest so uh so yeah it's really just night and uh, occasional high spirit shows for me hey unless Chris comes up with another band right <laughs> <laughs> he always has a couple other bands but... yeah he always has something uh, in there uh, but you know on that note let's play another song and you mentioned it uh, Scott so we're going to play Cronian Moon uh, what's a cool fact about the song that the listeners should know uh, we made a video for this song uh, entirely by ourselves with, uh, you know, some some drones and some gear that uh, that we collected, and uh, it was a learning experience. And I think it came out better than we had hoped. And uh, yeah, uh, check Who it out. Who was the song. costume designer? <laughs> we had we had some help we had some help with that animesh is asking the right questions <laughs> uh, the costume designer was uh, yeah mr mr scott and his and his wife rose actually yeah my wife rose oh, really? yeah was great. <laughs> uh, and and various thrift stores and and other secret ingredients from the area so <laughs> nice <laughs> Nice. Check out the video and come back and listen to the song again. It's called Cronian Moon. Let's go. 
So you just heard Cronian Moon from Knights Voices of the Cronian Moon and we're talking to Van and Scott from the band. Let's talk a little bit more about songwriting and production, right? So first up songwriting. How did you guys approach the songs on this album? What's different as such from what we heard on the first album, Darkness, Silence, Mirror, Flame? Uh the the way we go about writing songs uh is um it's a little bit prolific in a way. We just write. We just write songs. So we just uh, spend like um, the the life cycle of the album, like a year or two, just writing writing demos. And um, we usually go through around like 30, 30 songs, like 25, 30 songs, and then we eventually like listen to them and we narrow down to you know fifteen, ten, and to to the eight songs that came up uh, for this album um along the way we we make some decisions about the direction we want to take with the album and with this one um at an early stage uh, scott actually had a very wise uh, comment about um made a a very a very wise question like what do we want uh, the the headlines for this album to be like in the in the um, reviews and whatnot so what we wanted to achieve with this album was to take what where we were before but take it into a more melodic and not not uh, a lighter a lighter mood to it, a lighter uh, mood to it uh, and steer away slightly from the horror theme to a more fantasy oriented and like science science fiction infused um, thematology. Um, so that kind that along with the with the songs that uh rose to the surface and were the, the most interesting songs that we came up in that uh, in that time kind of created the album that's interesting because that puts the album and uh and the context behind the album like a lot more clearer because as a listener i must say the biggest difference i found was how accessible positive and dare i say fun uh the songs on voices seem to be like almost as if it's a product of not just you know conviction in your sound uh but i also get the feeling that this time around these songs uh on these songs the band just seems so much more relaxed and wholly immersed in the sound that you guys are going for scott yeah uh, is yeah, this I the mean... kind of sound that night needs to like kind of focus on or is this only for this particular album I mean, I'm sure we'll, you know, because we're going to explore different creative things, we'll, I'm sure we'll shift some, but I think I have a feeling we'll pick up at least some of that thread that you're talking about, like that sort of um, energy that kind of, um, uh, even in the guitar work, there's just like kind of, uh, uh, I, don't know, I don't know, like an electricity or just like a, a forward momentum to it that's... Um, maybe a, le- a little less dark, like Van said, than the first one, which was a little little more black metal tinged in, even in the music. Um, and this one was, you know, leaning into the melody more and streamlined, I think, um, just in arrangements and, and just in the focus of the, the melodies and, and the riffs. Uh, and I, you know, I'm excited about that and we'll see, we'll see where we take it from, you know, from this point forward. But uh, yeah, I think, I think you're hearing a lot of what we intended okay which is actually was gonna be my next question like was this the sound that you guys had originally envisioned for the band because like when i first heard night i was confused i was like this is not supposed to kind of work together i mean if you think about it right traditional metal with like blackened vocals because i think that's the most easiest description for you but somehow like when I've heard uh, voices of the Cronian moon, it's just like I'm, I'm humming along, I'm singing along. That yeah, melodic aspect clicks. is, the, yeah, yeah. For for us, that whole the the whole band started started with that uh, as an essence. Like uh, for me personally, like when I started uh, before I, I met the guys, I did some of the demos of the first album anyway, and the original idea was that. Um, um, like basically, why hasn't anybody done, uh, uh, you know, Parslave, uh, uh, Summer in Time, and Seven Sun uh, kind of music, which is my favorite type of of heavy metal, with black black metal vocals? Like uh, I heard at the time, I heard the the, um, the album from uh, Tribulation called uh, Children of, of the Night, and 
very very different album uh, but to me that album sounded like killers era maiden with uh, black, with black metal vocals and that kind of you know made me think like oh this sounds amazing like why why can't we take it to the next level and go to the next maiden era and do the same thing um for me personally like i cannot i, I love that that maiden era and i love a lot of, of the bands that i mentioned before like gamma ray and uh, halloween and all that I cannot really see, see myself being part of, of a band that has a clean singer and does exactly that type of music. Like I don't see anything left to be done uh, in that in that way. So I always wanted to play this type of, of metal, but it, I I felt like I, I missed it. You know, like I wasn't 20 years old in the in the 80s. So. Um, with that comes the thing that all the all these albums back then they didn't really try that hard to fit in the box that uh, we have made our ourselves uh, <laughs> to have to fit in now in this modern metal uh, world that everybody you know like if you don't have like blood and uh, and uh, chains in your on your video uh, like you're not doing metal like you know like I I personally come from that era as I, as I said before I still listen to to those albums and. I just don't want to do only dark music. Like um, I think there is heavy metal in Heaven Can Can Wait, and there is heavy metal in uh, Only the Good Die Young, and all that. All those songs that are much lighter songs than the amazing Slayer albums. Okay, I don't don't uh, don't get me wrong. Slayer are are awesome and stuff, but you know there's like all all different kinds of metal that can be done, and we want to explore that. So that's what is happening next album who knows you know i mean next album is is already in the way in the works and uh, it's neither lighter or darker it's a, a different uh, direction right now but that might change but we want to be free to just create what we want to create we don't want to have to do something because we have to do it for somebody like we you know we want to do we want to we want to let the music that comes along dictate uh, what is happening not some um list of things that we have to include for us to be metal enough or something this is directed towards you van is that you know the you mentioned earlier that you're responsible for mixing and mastering the album uh how challenging was the process for you i mean because like you know you have to kind of look at and be critical of stuff that you've performed and written also and why not get another set of years in the room and kind of just outsource the job yeah uh look it's not a it's not an easy an easy thing to to do believe me like uh the the worst part for me was that uh i could change vocals till the till the last day like i would really i would really like to not be able to do that because i literally changed vocals the last day like i had to you know change a, a couple a couple of, a couple of words so yeah, uh, com combine that with the fact that I'm not the mo most like, <laughs> straightforward person in the world. Like I'm not the most sane person in the whole world. Like it's a it's a recipe for a disaster. The f the reason why I'm doing it, to be honest with you, I do enjoy doing it up to the mixing stage. To be honest with you, but the the reason why I'm uh, I am the one doing it is that um, right now we do have a really a really nice budget but we definitely don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to do an album and i really put hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of work into this <laughs> you know like we've been working for a year on the on the, on that album you know so uh if we were paying somebody we would have to pay them a, a lot of money and uh, hopefully one day we will be able to afford uh, some uh, someone else um, to do that on the on the level that i am doing it right now uh but uh at the time being that's that, that's the case uh on on that note we did bring some really cool people to work on the on the album but they were more like uh, additional production people so we did um i did uh, um, uh, ask one of my old uh, colleagues um to help me out with the production of the of the drums which was more of a production of like the the tempos and how the parts were working out he was he was not here he was in, in greece and another friend of mine from uh, norway uh they both like added value uh, to this uh, um uh, album um but yeah unfortunately we were the best we could afford i, I was the best we could afford so <laughs> yeah <laughs> You know, night is so much. It's it's Van's Van is the core. You know, it's his vision. We're we're all 
participating and, and supporting it and contributing to it but it's it's definitely like the source is him and that extends beyond the you know the writing and the, and the playing and the vocalizing but also um to to, to to oversimplify it he knows what it should sound like and and you know he has that very deep uh knowledge of you know recording and mixing and you know professionally done it for a long time and you know it's not just how the riffs are or how the vocals are but it's it's how they sound it's how you know what what are the tones what are the you know how should the drums be mixed and panned and all these kind of million little details that make up the whole thing in the same way that artwork or anything kind of contributes to the you know the, the grand vision um so even you know even if we get lucky enough that we can outsource some of this and not make man's life miserable for a year um you know he, he's it's still going to be his valuable kind of uh production and and you know engineering insight that's gonna make sure that we're having the right sound for the for the records okay um the other aspect of the band and the album that really fascinated me was the visuals the artwork the music videos uh i'm sure it took a lot of effort um what's the visual aesthetic as such for night and how do you guys construct it? What's the idea behind this lovely retro yet futuristic sci-fi, uh, comic bookish, yet sketchy? I mean, it's it's blending some of the coolest things about all of these worlds into one lovely package. What's the idea behind this approach? Uh, to come back to your first question, actually, uh, you said like how how would we want people to like experience this album? So. I, we know kind of how we would like to experience this album, which was which brings us back to the times where we would buy like you know Iron Maiden covers that had all these American all these amazing details, and we would just put the album on and we would look at the at the album cover and, and find all, all the things that uh, Derek Riggs like have, had put in the in the back cover or something. Um, so um, that comes from from that era definitely so uh, there's a, a lot of inspiration from those maiden albums and those uh 80s heavy metal um albums um what we're what we tried to do with, with this one was to something that we talked about in the past but we didn't want to go that crazy on our on our on our debut um there's this coupling of this type of heavy metal with this type of, of vocals and this European comic book heavy metal magazine type of uh, universe anyway, um, that we thought that it would be really interesting to do that coupling. It doesn't mean that we're going to stay uh, necessarily uh, in, in that world forever, but um, we'll find out if we're going to stay in this world forever. But for, for this album, we wanted to do that. We wanted to use this as a vehicle to go a little bit more a little further out in the in this like fa fantasy world that we build uh the world of the Cronian moon and the and the story of, that we're talking about and um yeah we were we were fortunate enough to, to be able to convince this amazing artist uh day from spain that we first saw in the in a, in a, in a heavy metal magazine actually uh from 2019 i think uh, he's an incredible artist. I mean, he he, he has never done any album uh, artworks before, and it was a, a little tough to convince him to do uh, this one. But thankfully, he did, and he did an, uh, an amazing job. And he also played such a huge role in the in the information of the album because we we sent him the the lyrics and the, the concepts of the songs, and then he came up with things that we didn't tell him to do, like. Uh, these these characters he he created were all all his and that kind of influenced us and it and it also influenced the the lyrics later <laughs> later on because he came up with this with this person holding the stuff and somehow this person became what we call the time raider and we wrote like part of of lyrics that were not there before he had made it so that it was really a, a fascinating experience to work on the album this way wow there's a visual like through line, you know, from the first record, um, there's there's the sort of hooded figure that's that's kind of the mascot, and uh, that's obviously a very adaptable form. So pushing it, you know, day like Van said, who's an amazing artist, um, came up with these concepts that we would never been able to if if we were, you know, obsessively art directing it, we would never come up with ourselves. So so he brought that creative creativity, and 
you know, continue with this this hooded hooded mascot motif, but um, brought it in this great sci-fi direction, which, like Van said, was influenced by uh, Heavy Metal magazine and and just kind of European comic culture, and uh, it was cool and it was different, and uh, yeah, it created a kind of an interesting almost expandable world like we'll see like you know we may shift like for the next uh, album for this album and for even stage production if we can if we get to that point and, and have the means um it implies some pretty cool opportunities so wait this has got me excited because there is a possibility somewhere down the line that there may be a night comic right <laughs> or something like that <laughs> that, would, that would be pretty i would neat. love that yeah, yeah i would personally love that that would be amazing yeah <laughs> But Scott, since you talked about uh, stage production, you've got a gig coming up, an album launch gig in April and also a US tour. So how are preparations going for that? Uh, are you all ready to be among the crowds again? And uh, what can the attendees expect? Yeah, we're very excited. Um, we, you know, essentially the the night live experience has been stunted for the whole duration of the pandemic because we the first album was released right when lockdown happened so we never got to tour for that and then obviously gestation period and you know now finally release of this the, the second album um we're, we're long overdue to do some touring and all we've really done to date is regional you know bay area shows uh which have been great so uh we're really excited to get out there um you know it's going to be understandably uh smaller clubs at first and you know we're gonna we're gonna earn our earn our wings and pay our dues there, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna make the most of it and you know uh, hopefully bring a couple accessories and, and banners and such such uh, lights to uh, to make it a fun show and uh, yeah just try to play really well and and hopefully um, you know use this as a springboard for you know better better stuff down the road. Ah, that was a breezy chat. Final question, guys. Since we've spoken so much about Iron Maiden which isn't really like something off the contrary here on Horns Up. I, yeah. Every episode, every episode, I think Iron Maiden comes up in some manner. And Metallica, <laughs> come on. Yeah, and Metallica is a distant second, but whatever, or a close second. But if you guys were to cover an Iron Maiden song, which one would it be? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just speak for me. Ben can pick his and then... And... <laughs> Yeah, we can yeah, pull, we can pull that. Yeah, I'm gonna say "Deja Vu." Wow, I think that's a really cool song that does not get enough. You know, it's not it's covered as you know the, the classics, the Trooper and and How It Be the Name and so forth. I'm gonna say "Deja Vu." Van. <laughs> yeah, even though uh, "Bar Slave," "Summer in Time," and "Seven Sun" are my favorite Maiden albums, um, I've been thinking for a while that we should do Wrathchild, but we, even though you know this it's from the Poliana era, <laughs> but like I think that we can really pull that off well. Yeah, the drums are the drums are kind of tricky in that one. Wrathchild, <laughs> <laughs> weirdly enough, if you play it on a drop D kind of a tuning, it just makes it so much more bouncier. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should check it out. D to D to E. Yeah. Anyways. Van and Scott, full power and a big horn sub tonight for Voices of the Cronian Moon. Thank you for taking the time to chat with a couple of boys from Bombay, India. I hope you enjoyed this. Yeah, we did. Thank you. Thank you. For, thank you for having us. Thank you for all the, uh, the kind words for the album and for bringing the album to the, to the attention of your audience. And uh, we hope to, to see you again. Yeah, this is great. Thanks so much for bringing us on. And uh, yeah, this is, this is a great chat. Alrighty, that's the episode for this week. What's an Iron Maiden song that you, dear listeners, would like to cover? Tell us. We're all ears at hauntsuppod.com or on Twitter at hauntsuppod. As always, I'm at Asmoani. And I'm at Trend Crusher. And this was Horns Up. Horns Up, guys. <laughs> <laughs>